0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code STUFF at checkout and you will get 10% off.
1: Squarespace, set your website apart. Tour, 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 live shows, live shows. da 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 Tour. It's baseball season. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It is. That means we're going on tour, right? Yeah. Uh, Josh, Seattle and Portland are sold out. I know. We'll see you guys there. Denver, Colorado, you are very close to selling out. Uh, yeah, Colorado,
0: Denver is like right there, right?
1: And then it's Houston, right
0: Houston's doing okay. It's, it's respectable, but it's definitely, Denver was like, give us those tickets.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, Houston, we really stuck our neck out for you after Dallas and Austin, we heard from a lot of Houstonites about how big your city is. Mm-hmm. So prove it. Oh,
0: <laughs> so they call throwing on the gauntlet, Chuck. Uh,
1: and we have two more shows to announce. Is that correct, sir?
0: That's right. We are doing night one and night two mm-hmm. at the Bell House in New York City.
1: That's right. In Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Bell House has been our home there mm-hmm. for many years. Yeah. and are uh, coming these, back home. Yeah. These are very special shows because they're smaller smaller than places we've been playing. Right. And we love it there. And I think it's it going to be pretty great.
0: Yeah, it is. So that's June 29th and June 30th. And tickets go on sale Friday, this Th- Friday.
1: That is correct. And we will have links at our Squarespace Website sysklive Yeah, make sure you buy tickets to the correct night that you want to go. Oh yeah,
0: and it's going to be the same show both nights, right?
1: Be the same show both nights. And uh, now all I need are uh, tickets from Lin Manuel Miranda to go see Hamilton on Broadway. Oh yeah, sure. Sign me up for those as well, please. It's a pretty tough ticket to get. <laughs> so if you're a listener, <laughs> sir, you could come to our show. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Even though it conflicts with the Hamilton performance skip it yeah Come that's to what I <laughs> so uh, like we said sysk live.com powered by Squarespace so you can find all the tour deets. yep we'll see you soon Brooklyn welcome to stuff you should know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: hey and welcome to the podcast
1: so
0: yeah. I'm Josh Clark meow yeah. there's Charles W Chuck Bryant yeah. And Jerry's over there, (laughs) and this is Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. The annoying podcast, apparently. The what? The annoying podcast. Cat meowing is annoying to you? Mm. Oh, it's like there's rusty nails in my blood vessels. You don't like cats, do you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm fine with cats. Um, I think people are like, I hurt cats. Or, conversely, people are like, I hurt dogs. I think those people are weird. Maybe not humans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get the preference. I, I have both, as you know, and as everyone knows, mm-hmm. two dogs, two cats. Sure. And I'm going to be talking about my cats a lot. So, Leron and the Wiz, the wizard. Yeah, right. Uh, I
0: call him the Wiz. It's my pet name for him. No,
1: the, he, we we call him the Wiz. Oh, okay. Or Wizzled, <laughs> with an L. I I haven't
0: <laughs> reached the point where I'm. He's comfortable with me calling him that.
1: Oh, sure. He is. Well, we have tons of nicknames, like everyone does for their pets. Right. I even made a list one time. You made a list? Of pet nicknames for our pets, just so we had them all down. Do you have
0: that on your refrigerator or something? No. It's just you little, have
1: it tattooed on your arm? On the old hard drive on the laptop.
0: <laughs> what were you drinking when you did this? Uh, <clears throat> milk. By the way, let me just say, I now, too... I've tried the Crown Royal Northern Rye. What'd you think? It is the bomb. It's good, huh? It is very good.
1: Yeah, mine's gone. Is it really? Yeah,
0: yeah, mine's getting there. <laughs> I'm not surprised.
1: Um. All right, let's get into this. And <laughs> if you don't like hearing cat stories from me, then you this might not be the show for you.
0: Yes. You ready? I'm ready. C A T cat is defined. <laughs> So, let's talk history with cats. That's where we usually like to start. Feels yeah. Feels good. Feels normal. Um, for a very long time, everybody thought Egypt were was the culture, the group of humans that domesticated cats. Although, if you've listened to our animal domestication episode, you probably had your mind blown a little bit, or your suspicions confirmed yeah. that cats are not technically domesticated animals. Yeah. they're They're technically a feral species still, but- Some of them will deign to hang out with humans, you know? For the most part, though, they're not strictly a domesticated animal. That's just semantics, though, at this point. Right. What I'm saying is that everybody thought that the Egyptians were the first to, quote-unquote, domesticate cats.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we think that for good reasons, because Egyptians loved their cats. Uh, They were worshipped. They were mummified. Uh, If you look at Egyptian artwork, there's cats all over the place. There's a
0: cat deity named uh, Bastat. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the cat-headed deity.
1: Oh, that'd be a great cat name.
0: And apparently, like, the cult... Oh, yeah, it really would be. Like, you know, modern cat name. Right. And speaking of modern cat names, we found out that um, the Egyptians may have been the first to really revere cats, but they were far from the first humans to live with cats. The Egyptians, what, they went back two, three, four thousand 4,000 years, maybe 5,000 tops? Okay. We found evidence that in the Fertile Crescent, something like... Twelve or so thousand years ago, when people first started toying around with agriculture, they started storing the grain that they harvested from agriculture. And the cat said, I like these piles of grain that are attracting rodents. Yeah. I don't need to be a fierce wild animal anymore. I'm just going to hang out where these peeps are.
1: Yeah. And they, uh, they formed what can only be described as a symbiotic relationship with humans because humans all of a sudden were like, these crazy cats are doing us a kindness. And so in turn... Maybe we should start feeding them.
0: Was that a, a reference for to the um, trivia night? No. What was a kindness of group of? Oh, remember the like, ferrets? I think it might have been.
1: I can't remember, but it is. Or a group no, a of business group. of ferrets. A business of ferrets. A kindness. I can't remember. I can't either. But that's a fascinating topic, though. The groups of animals and their names. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Please that's continue. Right. Uh. So they said, "Hey." They're doing us a kindness. I'm going to start feeding them. Maybe they'll hang around more. Right. And, hey, maybe uh, when we go on a ship, we got a lot of m- mice and rat problems on ships. Maybe we should put them on our ships, too. Right. Because they're great mousers. And before you know it, cats were all over the world doing kindnesses to humans by yeah. way of killing rodents.
0: But like you said, it was symbiotic. Like, we're the ones who piled up the grains in the first place, you know? Yeah. They owed us. That's true. But the point is is that our history with cats goes back far, far farther <laughs> than uh, just ancient Egypt. Absolutely. And you, so, like I, I said, speaking of great cat names, you said Besat would be a good one. Sure. Agreed. But um, I found that all cats are descended from the African wildcat, it turns out. Yeah. And the African wildcat is uh, Felix Silvestris Libica, which means Felix the cat and Sylvester the cat both were very
1: appropriately named cats. Yeah. I Did wonder, you know that? Well, I wonder if that's where they got it. I bet, I bet. Surely.
0: You think? Can't be that coincidental.
1: Felix, I say for sure. Sylvester. Yeah, I might be sure about that, too. Yeah. I think you're right on the money. Boom. You should have looked it up. I bet you could find that out pretty easy. I'm so
0: confident you about don't this even want to look I didn't even need to look it up. I'm not going to waste the finger motion.
1: Uh, so they found cats in burial sites on Cyprus, which is an island which means people brought them there. Cats didn't swim to Cyprus. Cats hate swimming. For the most part, yes.
0: Uh, and then, as you said, that symbiotic relationship was carried on all the way into the New World because nothing much happened from you know, the time of the Fertile Crescent until the New World. Yeah, like nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, the cats made their way over apparently as early as Columbus's voyages to the Americas.
1: Yeah. Or the Caribbean, I should say. Supposedly, uh, the kiddies rode on the Mayflower Uh and uh, settled at Jamestown. Right. And there's a false, uh, remember we did a show on Isaac Newton, Um, there's a false uh, legend that he created the kitty door. Oh,
0: that's not true, huh?
1: It's not true, because uh, it was actually written about in the Canterbury Tales, specifically in the Miller's Tale, and there are actual uh, images of 15th century doors in France with what they call cat holes.
0: It makes sense. It didn't I mean, have the flap. like Just cut a hole in that door so the cat can go in and out. And the, yeah. the reason why they thought about this so early when they started building doors, I'm guessing that they started building cat doors in those doors pretty quickly after that. Because the idea of keeping a cat indoors only is extremely new. Like, we're talking like the last 60, 70 years, maybe. Yeah. Um, prior to that, uh, it was you had a cat that wandered freely inside or outside of the house or just stayed outside altogether. Yeah. And it took the invention of um, clay kitty litter, uh, refrigeration, so you could refrigerate meat more easily, so you have more surplus of meat that you could share with an indoor cat. Sure. And then uh, spaying and neutering, apparently, were the three advancements that allowed cats to be kept indoors.
1: That's right. Uh, cats, believe it or not, worked for the United States Postal Service. As late as the early 20th century, uh, they were used as Mausers, of course. Mausers? Mausers? Neither one. Mausers.
0: Lieutenant Mausers.
1: (laughs) Uh, And then at one point, they they said, you know what? We're going to actually hire cats uh, in the form of giving these post offices an allotment for food. Right. Uh, And the cats
0: immediately went on strike after
1: (laughs) Union. (laughs) Ooh, teaser for the next episode. Uh, but they were, they were actually used by the USPS uh, and, um uh, technically paid in food. That's great. Yeah, in their warehouses, I guess, in their, in their postal warehouses. So, uh, you mentioned the, uh, kitty litter being a, a big invention. Uh, it was invented by a man named Ed Lowe. Uh, I think he was a Minnesotan, but ended up in Michigan. Okay. Uh, and in 1947, his neighbor, uh, you know, people use things like ashes and sand.
0: Sawdust was big.
1: Yeah, sawdust. Old newspapers. Yeah, if you wanted to keep your cat inside. And uh, his neighbor came by in uh, 1947 and said, hey, my sand is frozen because can, can uh, I'm in Michigan. <laughs> Do you know how cold it has to be for your <laughs> sand to freeze? Pretty cold, I guess. Uh, so he said, you know what? I got this full Fuller's Earth clay. Why don't you use that? And it worked so well, he packaged it right. and sold it as a... Uh, Kitty litter. That like was the name, name brand th- kitty litter.
0: Right. Originally, it was kitty litter, right? Yeah. And it was just kiln dried clay. That's it, right? Broken into small pieces?
1: I think so. I mean, yeah, Fuller's Earth uh, style. Okay. And um, he started giving it away at first, and like, you know, you had to really educate the, the populace at this point.
0: And not just the populace, the pet owner or pet store owners were yeah. like, no one wants this. And he apparently told one pet store owner, just give it away. When somebody comes yeah. in and they want kitty litter, give them this for free. And uh, apparently that little marketing technique worked very well. Same with the slinky. Oh yeah, what I did they give it, it away? Gave... them away for free? No, there was some other like the inventor himself demonstrated them. That's what it was. Right. At K F A O Schwartz. Which is
1: what Edlo did. And and pet uh, store owner said, "Wait, you're saying I should keep my cat I- indoors where it can poop and pee." Yeah, he's like,
0: put it in this box. But apparently they were already doing that somewhat because people were using sawdust and stuff or frozen sand. But it
1: wasn't the norm, like you said. Right. Um, And then spaying and neutering, of course, is what you mentioned. Uh, If you've ever had a a cat that goes into heat uh, because you did not spay or neuter, and that cat is an indoor cat, you're in for trouble.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Like your drapes are toast?
1: Well, I mean, there's going to be spraying, um, which we'll get to later. Yeah. the the when I was in I have a story I wish I could tell in full uh, from my college days, but I can't. Um, but needless to say, I was a young dumb college student mm-hmm. and didn't I wasn't educated on spaying and neutering. Okay, and I had a cat going to heat. And it's no fun. Okay, they're, they act crazy and they're loud <laughs> and they want nothing more than to get outside and have the sex. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So we'll just stop the story there. Okay, but boy is it a good one. <laughs>
0: Do you know how many people are going to write in asking, like, just tell me. Just me.
1: Right. I'm special. I won't judge you.
0: (laughs) So that is the long-storied history of cats.
1: Yes, and uh, I talked to Holly uh, from Stuff You Missed in History class. She's
0: a good source for this. Self-proclaimed crazy cat lady. Yeah,
1: she and Tracy are very much both into cats, and they did a show on the history of cats. Oh, nice. Which I bet is very much more in-depth than what we just covered. So I, I would certainly hope so. Yeah, go check that out. They did an 11-minute show on cats, no. on the history of cats. I'm sure it was very detailed. So uh, I would suggest listening to that for even more insight.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk uh, cat anatomy, right? When you look at a cat, you usually think, well, it's basically the same thing as a dog. No, that's <laughs> not true. There's a lot of difference, differences between cats and dogs. Uh, cats, for example, have about 244 bones. A lot of bones. 27 of them are in their tail, which is very lucky, yeah. because cats use their tail to do amazing things, like balance, and to turn over when they're falling, which... Oh, is that a, what the
1: tail uh, helps with? It's part of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, which is a legend that a cat always lands on its feet, supposedly, which gave rise to the idea that a cat has nine lives. Right. Um, but it, no, cats can also not land on their feet sometimes
1: yeah they how about we'll say this cats really really want to land on their feet and try their hardest to
0: and do most of the time yeah
1: yeah which is good uh they uh the tail also helps them get in and out of tight spaces uh and the cat is notable for not having a collarbone um it's a detached clavicle so when you see a cat walk whether it's a a puma or a kitty cat um you see there those you know the shoulder blades moving really neat. in rhythm with mm-hmm. the legs. And that's I think one of my favorite things about cats is that a jaguar looks like your house cat. Yeah, like same behaviors, same they do the same things.
0: Well, if you go and look at uh, an African wildcat, what all cat this, the last common ancestor of all house cats, all domestic cats. Yeah. Um, they look like a large tabby cat. Yeah. Same kind of coloring, same features, same everything. So they clearly haven't diverged that much. Right. From their lineage, you know?
1: Yeah, and I also would probably be in big trouble on a safari because when I look at those big cats, <laughs> oh, I think, man. You'd be if they, that guy, huh? If they would just let me in there to get, you know, get them around the mouth and get a little scratch going. Yeah. Like they would just, they'd love me.
0: You're the kind of guy that they find like, Dead and mauled in a <laughs> zoo enclosure in the morning when they open up. Aren't I just they? wanted to pet it. Uh, that happens sometimes.
1: What people want to pet the animal until so they go in.
0: Yeah, or get yeah, take drugs or get wasted and oh, go hang out in zoos after hours. Like the guy who was killed by Tilikum, the orca. Oh yeah, one of the guys who was killed by Tilikum. I remember Tilikum. That. Yeah, he like took off his clothes and tried to ride Tilikum, and that did not work out well.
1: Tilikum said, "Get off me." With great force. He said, come here, you.
0: Who thought we were going to talk about a killer whale in the cat episode? I don't know. You never know. So, back to cat anatomy, Chuckers. Um, Let's talk cat hair.
1: Yes, cats have uh, four kinds of hair. Yeah.
0: Most people probably thought you were going to say three. Or maybe even
1: one or two. That's true. Uh, Down hair, on, AWN hair, guard hair, and... Uh, the brisee. Yeah. Uh, A.K.A. whiskers. Right. Which are kind of hair.
0: Yep. So the down hair is the closest to their body and it keeps them warm. And then next you have on, which is the middle coat and it's kind of an insulating coat. Then you have the guard hair, which is what you think everything is on a cat. It's <laughs> what you see. <laughs> yeah. And it protects the lower coats. It keeps it dry and, and all that stuff. Um, and the vibrissae, the those are the whiskers. And they're... Actually, just amazing feats of bio- biology. Vibrisse, cat whiskers are. Um, cats use them to sense m- movement and everything from like uh, the ground or a door jam or even changes in air pressure around them. They're extremely sensitive touch um, appendages, basically.
1: Yeah. So they'll. You mentioned the air pressure. It'll, it, that helps them navigate at night. So a cat can be running through your living room mm-hmm. and. Come upon your couch and literally sense the air coming around the couch. Yeah. And no, don't run into the couch like the dumb dog does. Right. Every day.
0: Yeah. Because the dog has whiskers too, but they're not feeding them the same information that the cat's whiskers are.
1: No. Uh, the whiskers do fall out uh, and are replaced. You should never, ever, ever trim or cut or pull whiskers.
0: No. And you should spank a child that does. <laughs> and what, let the cat watch. Or
1: maybe a timeout. Okay. Uh, They uh, also indicate mood. If the cat's whiskers are pulled back, it probably means they're upset or angry or they want to (laughs) scrap. If they're just puffed out normally, that means they're pretty happy. Uh, And they're roughly the width of the cat's body. So the cats will use these. um, If you've ever seen a a cat, like, let's say there's a cat hole in your door. Right. uh, Or they want to go behind the couch. They'll stick their head in first. Mm Mm-hmm. And say, can I get through this with my big fat body? Right. (laughs) Or my whiskers tingling.
0: And the way that their fat bodies can get through, though, too, is um, because of that detached, uh, the detached shoulders that you mentioned earlier, too. That's right. That's how they can basically go from um, horizontal to, no, that's when they angle them. Yeah. Almost at a 90 degree angle to where they were standing or where their head is, they, yeah. they can go through some pretty tight spots.
1: They can. Yeah. And they can also get caught and wedged uh, and trapped in tight spots sometimes. Yeah. Which is no good. I a wizard got out one time and got in the attic, and we couldn't find him, and it was very scary. And uh, I went up. We finally looked in the attic, and it was in the summer, and he was kind of trapped and wedged in between like this wood and the, poor guy. the wall. And he was like... Panting. I'll bet. He in the raised. attic
0: in the summer in yeah. Georgia is not a place you want to be it was very scary. when you're trapped. How long was he
1: gone for? Mm, not that long. I mean.
0: Wait, don't answer. That's a cliffhanger. Okay. We'll answer that <laughs> right after
1: these messages.
0: So Chuck, yeah, how long was the wizard gone for? <laughs> seven days and seven nights. Oh, that's a long time. No,
1: it was just a few hours, I think. But it was so hot that it was, yeah, we felt like you know, bad, very bad parents.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he got into
1: mischief. Well, yeah, he he got what he himself up do? there. duct yeah. tape him to the fridge. Curiosity almost killed my cat. <laughs> Jerry laughed at that. She did. <laughs> She's listening. Uh, cats' paws. We're not done with anatomy because cats' paws are pretty remarkable. Uh, they, unlike dogs, that can turn their paws, they can make little fists and flex. Right, fists uh, with your toes. Yeah, more than a dog can. Uh, and they are obviously great for climbing things, um, and for self grooming, uh, heat detection, mm-hmm. temperature regulation, killing mice and moles and. Chipmunks and bringing them to the doorstep, mm-hmm. saying, "Look what I did! Yeah, check this out. I'm a good kitty. I strangled it with my paws <laughs> that are bendable, uh, and um, the the claws are obviously not always out. Um, they are they are retracted back in, and they use them as needed.
0: So you found some really um, a really interesting article from the Humane Society of the U.S. on cat claws that I could. Almost not make it through. Oh, really? I was cringing so much. Yeah. It was really rough, man. so um, you said that a cat, a cat's claws are retra- retractable, right? Yeah. Um, so the claws go back into the skin sheath, and they come out when they're ready for some action. Mm-hmm. Um, and to declaw a cat is not to just clip the, the claws, because just like a human's fingernails, they grow. Sure. Which is one reason why cats scratch is to basically file down their f- what amounts to their fingernails, their claws. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they do this on the couch is what leads some people to get them declawed. So you can see this vicious cycle coming up, right? Yeah. Well, declawing a cat is way more than clipping its toenails. It's nothing like that. It's more akin to, as this article puts it, cutting off a human's fingers at the first knuckle. Yeah. At the last knuckle, the one, the knuckle closest to the end of the finger.
1: Yeah. Uh- we try not to get too opinionated, but I, I, I've always preached, don't declaw. It's uh, I think it's cruel. Uh, the cats need their claws for a variety of reasons. Um, there's no medical benefit to declawing a cat. It is purely for humans who don't want to take the time to train their cat to not scratch their couch.
0: Yeah, and the Humane Society makes the point that the average person can easily train their cat to scratch different places um they suggest things like make sure your cat has a number of different scratching posts from different types of materials yeah in different positions like vertical and horizontal um and you put them
1: near the things uh that they scratch like if they scratch the arm of the couch right put a post near there and you know cats respond to no and just like dogs do right you tell a cat no and then you rub some catnip on the uh, scratching post, right? and they'll say, well, that's wonderful. Sure.
0: That's what they say.
1: Uh, they have this stuff called- I think instead
0: uh, the cat's not saying, well, that's <laughs> wonderful. They're saying, you win this round. Right. And
1: they're biding their time is what they're really doing. Uh, there are these uh, clear sticky tapes you can put on your furniture mm-hmm. uh, that they don't like. And um, my experience has been you don't have to leave that stuff there forever. Uh, once they realize, ooh, I don't like the feel of that on the couch- I'll just move on and and to the scratching post, and then you can eventually peel that stuff off. Sure. It does look kind of gross after a little while. I can imagine, especially
0: with a cat in the house. Yeah. Um, You can also hide behind your drapes with an air horn and wait for your cat to come scratch. (laughs) And and scare them. They'll pick up on that real quick.
1: Uh, You want to start young, um, both trimming your cat's nails and with the uh, trying to get them to not claw at stuff. Uh, the earlier you start, the better they're going to be, and it really doesn't take that much effort. If a cat doesn't have its claws, uh can lead to a lot of problems. Um, declawing can can make their, their paws swell and, uh, like, stay swollen. Yeah. Um, it takes away their ability to jump on something so they could... Try and jump up on something and not be able to grab and then fall back down.
0: Yeah, and they may also turn into biters because they don't have the ability to claw anymore. So right. they may be like, "Well, I use my teeth instead," which is way worse. Yeah, and supposedly also a lot of reason that uh, some some people have their cats declawed uh, is not just for the, their furniture's sake, but because they're worried about things like cat scratch fever. Right. his Ted Nugent preached against, right? What a joke! Um, but, but the the idea that you can catch an infection from a cat scratch uh, is far less likely than a cat's bite. Yeah. Dealing with cat's feces um, or getting bitten by a flea that isn't infected that is a near your cat. So being scratched by a cat declawing a cat to prevent infection is actually a a terrible idea as well
1: yeah and if you have indoor-outdoor cats and you declaw them um, that's just like the worst possible scenario because then they literally have no defense right in the outside world they're toast so are we clear enough don't declaw your cats in fact many countries have banned it yeah Um, it's such a like uh, it's such a bad thing to do so I'm So, I'm not judging you some people don't know Um, You know? Well, yeah. So so we're trying to
0: educate you. (laughs) So you brought up indoor and outdoor cats. Here's another um, soapbox for you to stand on, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just slide it over. Um, There is a great debate on whether cats should be indoor cats or outdoor cats. And like we said, for almost all of domestic house cats' history, they were not indeed house cats. They were not strictly indoor cats. Yeah, those just didn't really exist very much, um, and they were allowed to come in and out, or they were strictly outdoor cats. And it's a fairly recent change, but there's a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of the animal rights groups say, nope, you should keep your cats indoors. It's the safest place for your cat." The American Bird Conservancy says that you would be also saving the lives of countless small animals. This, the American Bird Conservancy estimates that uh, in the U.S. alone, cats kill hundreds of millions of birds and more than a billion small mammals, like rabbits, squirrels, and chipmunks, every year. I know. isn't that crazy? That's like well beyond the circle of life. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of people who say, "Yes, you should keep your cat indoors," and then the other, the other side says, "Don't be stupid. These are outdoor animals. You should not confine them indoors. It's unnatural."
1: Well, yeah, the thing I most often hear is my cat loves it outside, uh, which is true. Your cat does love it outside. But uh, for me, it's, you know, you're the owner. It's up to you. Like a, an indoor cat can live 15, 17, 20 years. If, if you have a strictly outdoor cat, they say the life expectancy is can be as little as, you know, two to five years.
0: It's definitely like a, a live fast, die young scenario. Yeah. For the outdoor cats.
1: Sure, they can get a... Uh, well, I mean, how many times have you walked down the street or driven down the road and seen a squash cat that was somebody's house cat? Far less than a squash dog or even a deer. really,
0: Yeah. Oh, I, man, now I that see... I think about it, I very rarely have seen a dead cat on the side of the road.
1: Well, how about this? How many times have you seen a cat cross a road successfully? Probably a lot because cats are pretty smart. They're not like squirrels. Right. Like a squirrel running into the middle of the road... It'll be a 90% across the road, and then it'll turn back. Double back. <laughs> Double back. will be like,
0: oh, the tire missed me. Let me go make it easier for
1: it. Yeah, cats are pretty good at it, but your cat shouldn't have to be good at crossing a street with cars. Well, then you get into the idea of like humans fragmenting
0: natural habitats and all that kind of stuff. Because if, if you really look at it, Chuck, especially with cats, if you consider the idea that they are not fully domesticated animals, Mm -hmm. and that we have basically shuffled them around the world. We've basically taken African wildcats and be like, hey, come with us. We're going to the New World. Hey, come with us. We're going to go found Rome. Hey, come with us. We want you to be one of our deities here here in ancient Egypt. Um, And the cats went along with it, but didn't actually evolve to become a domesticated species. Um, Then we have just taken wildlife and shuffled it into our own human life. Yeah. And, um, I, so I don't know. I kind of see like the, the, the out, the indoor, outdoor, um, people. Sure. Uh, I see their argument.
1: Yeah. Well, if you do the indoor, outdoor thing, bring them in at night. Yeah. Um, don't have them declawed, like I said, cause you're yeah. just like throwing them into a, a, a gunfight without a gun. But you
0: shouldn't have any cat declawed as your, posi- or the Humane Society's position. At oh, I don't think you should yeah. personally.
1: I don't think you should have cats outdoors, but uh, I'm not going to get all up in arms about that because I get it. Cats do love being outside. Um, One thing you can do, though, if you do have an indoor cat,
0: uh, is build some sort of enclosure for them that is outside. Yeah. Or let them hang out on a screened-in porch or someplace they're not going to get actually outside of your house in, but they're still able to enjoy the out-of-doors.
1: Yeah, we go out on my deck, and they love it. Uh They don't want to come in. Um, and I know we'll hear from people that say, I had an outdoor cat that lived to be 17. Mm. Uh, you, you got super lucky. You know? I mean, that's great. Yeah, there's probably folk songs about that cat <laughs> among cats. Uh, and they recommend if you do want to keep your cat indoors, start them young because once that cat gets the taste for the outside, it's really hard to get them to be indoor cats. For sure. After that. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not too judgy in this. I don't think so. I just think, you know, if your cat is going to live many, many years longer inside, then keep them inside. So, But if
0: you are going to keep your cat inside, um, there are some things that you want to do for your cat. Like, for one... Um, a, a, an indoor cat's life is extraordinarily sedentary, especially compared to an outdoor cat's life right Oh it's great um, they just lay around and they get fat and happy but the problem is is they can get like really really fat sure and it, that can lead to all sorts of problems the same kind of problems that humans get when they overeat yeah so one of the first things you want to make sure you do when you have a strictly indoor cat is to um, feed it a proper diet. And cats, unlike dogs, did not really evolve to become omnivores. Instead, they are straight-up meat eaters still. So you want to feed them like a high-protein diet. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't want to leave that food out all day because that cat will be like, I'll just eat and eat and eat because I'm bored.
1: Yeah, that depends on the cat, too. We leave our food out, the dry food, mm-hmm. and they get their, uh, call it the good stuff, the wet food. Right. Although the thinking now is they should eat more wet food than dry food.
0: Yeah, supposedly that's what... That's what I found.
1: Yeah, but um I mean, my cats are thirteen, and we've I guess we've been doing it wrong all these years. But the they they can't jump up on the counter now where the food is because so, they're too fat. No, because they're thirteen. Oh, that's sad. And uh so, you do know, you they, lift them up? though? well, they ask. We call it. They ask for a ride. You know, you walk through the kitchen, <laughs> they'll go. Rawr. So I'll give them a ride up there, do and they, they'll eat they some.
0: Point to where they
1: want to go. <laughs> they might as well. It's funny. And both of my cats, like Laurent especially, he's a Maine Coon, and he will he will literally like talk to you you can you yell around and he'll meow at you and you say what are you doing and he'll go meow <laughs> Did you have a good day and he'll go meow <laughs> that's awesome whereas wizard is not super chatty he's a tab- short-haired tabby uh-huh. and he's he's not as nearly as chatty i got you uh and both i found on the streets of los angeles uh wizard was one was a blood and one was a crypt, and you
0: brought <laughs> them together
1: uh wizard was in emily's neighborhood when we were just dating i went over to emily's house and there was uh this couple, good-natured, I think, but they had this kitten. They were trying to, like, force it in a shoebox, uh, and it was just screaming. I was like, what are you doing? And they were like, this cat's been hanging out here for a couple of weeks, so we're trying to get it in this box so we mm-hmm. can bring it inside. Now I was like, give me give me the cat. <laughs> and then you
0: ran off with the cat.
1: I did. I ran, like, into, hey, come back? <laughs> I ran into Emily's house and said, we got a cat. Awesome. Um, Which and one I'm, was that? That's the wizard. And he was first. Um, no, Lauren was actually first. Uh, Leron lived, uh, this is kind of a neat story, I came home from a night shoot as a PA Uh at 7 a.m., exhausted, laid down to sleep, and I heard this incessant mewing of a kitten outside. So I was like, all right, i got to go check this out. Uh, In my dumpster was a four-week-old kitten that looked like it had been shaved on the back, but I guess it was just maybe that top coat had fallen off Mm -hmm. because he was black, but the undercoat was this weird short gray. And he, he looked terrible, so I was like, I guess I got a cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, took him to the vet, got him cleaned up. And as I was checking out, Tim Curry of Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> What was at the vet.
0: Did not expect him to make an appearance in this No, sport. well,
1: that's what kind of the fun thing about L.A. is you'll see celebrities at weird, just normal places like the vet. So he was checking out. I went to go write a check and needed both hands and said, Mr. Curry, would you hold my cat? Would you
0: sign my cat?
1: Um, he probably would have. I'm sure. But uh, he held him and he asked what his name was. I said, Laron and uh, because he looked so weird and had that silver back, and he went, "Laron, you look like a baboon. <laughs> and he like said that to the cat. Nice. And said he had very uh, dramatic ears. Uh-huh. And
0: then he gave me Laron back, and it was a wonderful experience. I'm sure he was blessed by Tim Curry.
1: And eventually Laron's hair grew out normal, and he was just a big black Maine coon. Nice. Uh, and they've been my buddies ever since. They didn't get along, though, and they still don't, which is weird. With cats... I guess people can have different different experiences with grown cats but my experience has been once they're of a certain age it's mm-hmm. hard to throw them in the same house together and have them be best buddies. Sure. Like they they still They coexist. They coexist. They, they have, have their, their own areas. On their <laughs> they do kind of fight every now and then. We'll hear them like, you know, going at it. Um but when food time comes, they eat, like, you know, inches from each other. Uh, okay. Or if there's a sunspot in the dining room, uh-huh. they'll lay next to each other. Oh, well, yeah. So they, nice. they've worked it out over the years. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. They're not like dogs. Dogs are either, like, I think they get along right away or, unless you have a dog that's aggressive. Right. You know? Yeah. Very fascinating.
0: Yeah, there's nowhere to go but down after that story, so let's take a break,
1: huh? Agreed. <laughs>
0: So, Chuck, one of the things that um, cats are most famous for is their behavior. Yeah. Right? Like, there's just certain things cats do that other, no other
1: animal does.
0: Very quirky. So, for example, um, what's called making biscuits or kneading dough. It's the best. So, what is that?
1: Uh, well, if you maybe you're laying on your couch and your cat jumps up on your belly mm-hmm. and then just starts flexing its paws, um, pushing their paws in and out, uh, left, right, left, right, as if they were... Kneading dough or making biscuits. Right. Uh, sometimes they keep their claws in for this. Sometimes they flex them into your skin a little bit. Right. Which to me doesn't hurt. I think it feels quite nice. True. Sure. And uh, there are a bunch of theories on why they do this, but um, I think the leading one is that when you see little kittens, they kind of knead on mama's belly right. to get more, uh, theoretically, to prime the pump a little bit. To get more milk flowing. Yeah. Yeah. But you should not feed cats milk, we should mention.
0: No. Because you're feeding a cat cow's milk, and they are not capable of digesting cow's milk. It's actually really bad for them. I wonder where that that came from. I don't know. Like a little the saucer of milk? milk. Tom and Jerry definitely did not help any cats. No. You know, because Tom was crazy for that stuff.
1: Yeah, in a variety of ways, that didn't help cats. Sure. That cartoon. Um,
0: but yeah, that's that's the predominant theory that they're basically hearkening back to a happy childhood.
1: Yeah. And they're also releasing, they have scent glands in their paws. Mm -hmm. So when they're scratching or kneading, making biscuits, they're releasing that scent as they're like kind of claiming their territory.
0: Right. They're marking whatever that is, whether it's their human's belly. There's a really cute um, uh, video in an article you sent me that has um, like a cat kneading a dog. It's asleep on its side, and the cat's just sitting there, like, kneading its shoulders and neck. pretty good stuff. So the cat's saying, this dog, this is my dog. Yeah. That's my dog. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, there's other ways that cats also mark their territory, their people, um, using scent glands, too. It's not just in their claws. Um, They're also on their faces, which is one reason why cats kind of bump faces with you.
1: Yeah, we call it the headbutt, you know. A Mm -hmm. cat, uh, headbutts a lot. Uh, Wizard doesn't headbutt as much, but if you're scratching a cat with your finger, a lot of times they'll, they'll make sure that finger gets at the corner of their mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, you have scent glands there in the paws. Um, and they're, they just, they eat that stuff up. They love it.
0: They are. They're, they're marking you, and then they're also taking in any weird scents you may have gotten too, which is why some people will be like, your cat knows when you've been holding another cat, and they're not happy about it. Because they can smell that other cat because that cat was like, here you go, sucker. I just marked you. It's going to take your cat off. Yeah. This is my person now.
1: <laughs> uh, cats can also spray. Um, it is very pungent. It's not just urine, uh, although it can be. But most of the time, it's urine mixed with a, uh, a fatty material, mm-hmm. viscous fatty material that's really musky and stinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get your cat fixed, which you should, spay a neuter. Early as as early as possible, but that'll take care about ninety percent of spray issues. Right. Uh, if you don't fix your cat, you're you're just asking for it. Yeah. Uh, they will pay you back. Yeah. In spray. Yeah. Not in spades, but in spray. Right. Uh, and what they'll do is, it's uh sometimes if it's a horizontal surface, they kind of just pee. If it's a vertical surface, they'll spray on it. And they'll they'll back that thing up, and you'll see the tail quiver. And uh, boom. Yeah, kaboom is right. Uh, but Loran and other cats, I think, even after you've had them fixed, will mimic the spray. Right, like he'll go by the couch and back up to it and quiver his tail, but nothing comes out.
0: Oh, he's just psyching you out. You're like, no, no. He's like, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> fixed me. settled down.
1: Uh, and a lot of times it's uh, stress. A lot of times it is uh, to mark their territory, right. and sometimes it's uh, male saying, like, Hey, smell this. Check me out. Get ladies. a load of this. And sometimes it's in revenge. Like, if your cat's not happy, if the litter box said, like, remember my story when I didn't put litter in there? Oh, yeah. Leron started peeing everywhere. Man. Just goes off like a, a paint bomb and a bag of <laughs> bank robbery money. Uh, cats can drool. I had one very drooly cat as a kid. Yeah,
0: but supposedly that's like a really bad sign if your cat drools a lot, right? Well, it
1: can it can uh, signify a medical issue. Right. So if your cat doesn't normally drool and starts drooling, you should get it checked out. But if you're, you can just have a drooly cat as well. If you're working that scent gland, um, they'll, they'll, you know, this cat scooter I had, it was a long hair, and Lauren drools a little bit, would just drool like crazy. Really? Yeah.
0: So it's so if it is a problem, it usually indicates something like um some sort of oral disease. Yeah. Or they're having trouble swallowing, which is not good. Yeah. Um, or they might have motion sickness oh interesting and panting is not good in your cat like if you see a dog panting yeah that's well, your dog's panting but if a cat's doing it it is really stressed out
1: yeah that's like when wizard was panting in the attic it was it's disturbing to see a cat pant right uh funny enough that cat scooter ran away from my house we had outdoor cats growing up mm-hmm. I didn't man we didn't do the right thing when I was a kid my family no no I'm uh, it, we didn't go to the vet much. It was kinda oh, like I see. kinda like country style. Sure. Like you just had animals, if they got sick and died, they got sick and died. It's the law of the West. But uh, I was I was very much educated as I got older on like proper pet care. Right. And like you take your cat to the vet once or twice a year to get checkups. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like you do a dog. Um, but scooter ran away from home and I found that cat like three years later five miles away from my house Really, living at someone else's house (laughs) was he wearing like a
0: necklace made of chipmunk skulls (laughs)
1: yeah right (laughs) you know he had this wild look in his eye no he was still he just lived with someone else I don't know how he got there I I mean it was a long way
0: oh so he hadn't gone feral he just moved in with another family oh yeah he was in this driveway just
1: hanging out and ran up to the door did
0: he pretend like he didn't know you
1: but he had no he had his tag he ran right up to me wow and I didn't take him I was like I guess you're happier here how old were you Oh, I was probably like 12.
0: Wow, Chuck, that was a very adult decision to, to leave the cat. Yeah. Good for
1: you. Plus, I think it was on my bike, too. It was just didn't make logistical sense. <laughs> like, how am I going to get this cat back? You know?
0: You're going to have him stand on your pegs?
1: And I think I probably went back home and was like, I saw a scooter. And my parents were like, who? <laughs> you <laughs> we, mean... We told you never to talk of him again. The one that left?
0: That's so funny.
1: Uh If you want to get a cat... um, as with all pets, just think about if you have the time to take care of a cat. They don't need sure. the kind of training a dog, a puppy does. No. But they still need to be trained as kittens.
0: If you're going to take them outside sometimes, if they're an indoor cat and you're like, I really want my cat to be able to enjoy the outdoors, it's strongly recommended that you, um, you train them to, to walk around on a leash. I've seen it. I have too. There's a guy in uh, Mine and Yumi's place that uh, has a cat that walks on a leash. Yeah, it's pretty crazy and cute it's hilarious yeah you're like where's that cat should be wearing a, a stovetop hat or something <laughs> uh, that's the, what it looks like it looks like some sort of trick is about to happen yeah when you see a cat on a leash
1: oh right like it yeah that's clearly a performer right <laughs> it's hilarious um you should always adopt cats if even if you want a specific breed check with your local shelters because they probably have something that strikes your cat fancy yeah uh there are 70 was it 70 million or 7 million 70 70 million uh, stray cats in the united states it's growing every day yeah like one cat if if this cat is feral and obviously not spayed or neutered right that that can lead to hundreds of cats oh very quickly if they have a litter or two or three then those kittens have litters and uh, always, always spay a new to your cat and uh, adopt. Don't shop because um, there are tons and tons of great kittens and kitties. Sure. Uh, just walk into a shelter and I guarantee you, you will find at least one that you want to keep.
0: Right. Or you can walk around Los Angeles and look for somebody who's trying to adopt a kitten and wrestle it away from them.
1: Yeah. Give we, me that cat. <laughs> you know, we got Buckley, our dog, from a, an actual shelter, but... All of the rest of our animals have literally just been pulled off the street uh, because they kind of...
0: <laughs> pulled off? It yeah. sounds like you kidnapped
1: them. <laughs> we did from the wild. You gotcha. The wilds of L.A. Yeah. Uh, except for our youngest dog, which was the only Georgia animal we have. Yeah. Charlie. We had to trap her in a cage. Like She was a wild dog. Well,
0: yes. Yeah, so you can tell. She's like, you stay over there. I'm cool over yeah, here.
1: She, she can move, too. All these years later, Charlie still won't like... She'll bark at anyone that comes in our house. Hey, that's who she is. I don't know. Part of the breed, too.
0: Oh, yeah? Well, she's a Sheltie, right?
1: Yeah, Sheltie mix of some sort. So they're big apparently. on like,
0: hey, there's a fox yeah. over there kind of thing.
1: Yeah, they'll, like she literally, it's her job. She sits in the front sunroom and just stares and waits <laughs> for people to walk by so she can bark. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's maddening is what it is, especially when you have a sleeping baby.
0: I think one of the funniest things ever is when you're walking past a house and there's a dog in the window oh, yeah, and it just watches you it doesn't right. park <laughs> yeah it just watches you as you go past uh, like
1: keep walking pal yeah it's a little distressing i think it's hilarious to see uh and speaking of babies and kids and cats oh yeah um we're already having to manage that stuff you know because um, babies once they start moving
0: she 's got that palmer grasp reflex,
1: yeah, they don't know they'll 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 jump on an animal, they 'll pull tails uh-huh. and pull hair, uh and you just have to be really vigilant and as they grow older, teach them, you know, how how to pat, pat, and how to be gentle.
0: Well, yeah, and you sh- you should teach your kid using words like gentle and mm-hmm. soft, and um, yeah, so they can they say, oh, you're not supposed to see the ninety percent of the cat's eyeballs when you pet the yeah. cat, you know.
1: Yeah, Wizard already popped her once in the face. Oh yeah, claws in. How would she take that? She didn't like it. No, yeah. she cried. Poor kid. So we were like, Wizard, you're a jerk. He's like, wow,
0: well, I'm 13. I know. He
1: was like, it was claws in. It was a warning shot, <laughs> right? Uh, but that was our fault, you know. We we thought, you know, we weren't managing it like we should. It's up to you, adult, oh, well, sure, parent. Uh, you also want to be
0: careful with kitty litter. Uh, apparently, toxoplasmosis Gandhi has completely ruined our world. So this whole advent of keeping cats indoors has changed humanity in ways that we're only beginning now to understand. Yeah. Did we do a whole show on that? Yeah, we did. Okay. Some years back. Um, it was a pretty good one, too. It's like has toxoplasmosis turned us all into zombies or something like that. But there was a very recent study that came out of the University of Chicago, and they um, examined, I think, 358 adults Um and identified some people that suffered from intermittent explosive disorder where just something just sets you off and it's totally unreasonable. And a really good example of it is road rage, right? Yeah. Um, and they found that half of the people with IED had toxoplasmosis infections. Oh, wow. Which you would have gotten from a cat. A I, I'd most cat certainly box. have it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, supposedly one in three people in the world have it because of cat domestication.
1: Wow. And it's bad if you're a pregnant lady. So if you're pregnant, oh yeah, they say it's time to switch duties. If that's how it goes in your house, and your husband is on cat litter duty, All right? Because until you have that baby. Because of
0: toxoplasmosis, it can cause birth defects as well in children, unborn yeah. children. Yeah, it's bad news. Great idea to keep the cat indoors.
1: Uh oh, you know one of the other reasons we did mention for doing that is you're 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 much more likely to spot a sickness in your cat. Oh, if, if it's they're a feral always indoors.
0: Cat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Like
1: you're more in tune with right. with what's going on with your cat, basically. Yeah, for sure. Um, we should talk before we leave about purring and catnip. Yeah. Uh, purring. All cats. Oh, well, not all cats. Some wild cats uh, do purr. Um, all domestic cats purr, and even raccoons purr, which I didn't know.
0: I didn't know that either. Pretty interesting. Have you ever seen foxes? They don't purr. They go.
1: It's the best. It's pretty great. You know, wiggle that tail. Yeah. Uh, Fox, to me, is like a dog cat. It's like the, the ultimate combination. It is, isn't it? Sort of, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, we saw our uh, neighborhood peacock the other day, and I thought of you. Oh, man. Help! Those things are so
0: unsettling.
1: <laughs> yeah, these, this dude has... He's a crazy bird guy, because he has this And huge, he has them? Oh, dude, he's got like six peacocks. That's got to be illegal. I don't know. Maybe. I would think so.
0: You're only allowed to have six cats in Atlanta. That's cats. Really?
1: Yeah. Should we turn Holly in? No, she did not have more than six.
0: I'd be surprised if she doesn't.
1: But Holly has a separate litter box for each one of her cats, which proves that she's a crazy cat lady.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She'll tell you, man. Um, Sorry, you were talking about purring.
1: No, we were talking about uh, peacocks. Oh, yeah. So this guy has, I think, four or five which is the male and female which one has the big plume I think that's the male so i guess he has four or five females and then this one huge male peacock right that like will literally sometimes be on the the apex of its roof yeah screaming
0: yeah they get up on the roof it's like they're where they like to go apparently
1: it's nuts yeah but he's a bird guy cuz i've seen his on his back deck he's got this like aviary mm-hmm. with parrots and cockatoos and all sorts of stuff Birdland. Yeah. Bird people are weird. (laughs) Uh, Purring. So they purr, um, and most of the time it means they're very happy, uh, but they can also purr if they're upset or startled or injured. Uh, They might purr, and they have direct wiring from the brain to the muscles in the voice box. And so they vibrate the muscles and they act as a valve for the air, so it sounds like one continuous purr, but if you listen closely, uh, it is an inhale and an exhale uh, purr going on. Right. Um, and it's of course, if you're a cat lover, it's a wonderful thing for your cat to purr. It's very soothing, mm-hmm. puts you right to sleep. Uh, and I guess what else? Catnip. Well, yeah, catnip's pretty awesome. It is
0: a, le- it is legitimately a drug that cats do. Cats do drugs. In the form of catnip. All right. And you can do it two different ways. One, you can inhale it. You can cook it in a spoon and shoot it. Right. <laughs> through your nose. Uh-huh. Through the cat's nose. If you're a cat, you do it through your nose. Sure. Um, and that sends them into, like, ecstasy. Oh, it's yeah. It's pretty awesome. And then they can also eat it. And yeah. that usually makes, it, m- makes the cat mellow. And it, it depends on the cat. Only, I think, about half cats are actually um, sensitive to catnip's.
1: Wiles, it's charms,
0: Uh, right? But um, the ones that are, they they go nuts for this stuff.
1: Yeah, both of my cats do. Um, And you can get it either, you know, dried out, like it looks like oregano. Yeah, Um, and that's what I said. You could put in your scratching pads to attract them to that. Right. So I put that stuff down, and man, they roll around in it. Right it's it's pretty great or you can uh, my mom gives me she grows it mm-hmm. fresh
0: yeah because it's a member of the mint family it grows pretty pretty easily
1: yeah it looks like a little mint leaf yeah and um they're more prone to eat the fresh stuff oh really and roll around in the the dried out huh. stuff
0: i would have guessed the opposite
1: yeah i don't know
0: it's pretty fun though i think it's hilarious that there's a drug for cats dogs don't have a drug Sure. It's called human kindness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get off on that. They do. Uh, if you want to know more about cats.
1: There's a lot. I mean, we didn't even get into the breeds and uh, cat shows and cat fanciers. There's a lot more out there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cat Fancy
1: Magazine. You ever been to Rome, Italy? Yeah. Cats everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. There are a lot of cats there, aren't there? Yeah. And
1: there's a history to that. Mm-hmm. In Amsterdam, I think there's that cat boat in the canal. Sure. It's like a boat with a... 100 cats on it?
0: I have not heard of that. Yeah. Huh. There's, there's a lot more out there. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of cats. Uh, but we're done with cats, if you ask me. Agreed. Uh, if you want to know more about cats, travel to Rome or Amsterdam, uh, you can also save some time and money by just uh, typing the word cats into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. I'm
1: going to call this, uh, you were right about math, Chuck, sort of. Hey guys, huge fan of the show. Just started listening a couple of months ago after a friend recommended it and I've been hooked ever since. I want to make a quick comment about math majors and ambiguity uh in response to the continent naming episode. Uh, I majored in math in college and definitely have an aversion to ambiguity. Uh I really absolutely hate movies with unresolved endings uh with unresolved endings, so perhaps you guys are onto something here. However, it should be noted uh that higher level mathematics um especially pure mathematics can be incredibly ambiguous, which is why some mathematicians, most mathematicians, spend their entire careers attempting to solve problems or understand or prove theorems without ever solving anything. Man, I can't imagine that. Have you ever seen uh, Proof, the movie, or the play? Mm -hmm. Really good. Even if you hate math. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Oh, yeah. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh wait! Isn't so depending it depending how you feel about them?
0: Isn't like Albert Einstein a matchmaker or something in that one? No, that was you thinking of a different one.
1: Tim Robbins and uh, Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah, okay, different movie. All right. Uh, finishing out from Kim, she says the uncertainty was maddening, which is why I chose to go to medical school instead. So uh, Kim's no dummy. Thanks for the podcast, and that is from Kim. Who uh, she is at the University of Illinois at Chicago.
0: Oh, hey, that's where our uh, toxoplasmosis study came from. Actually, it's not true that came from the University of Chicago, but right next door. Yeah, I'm sure they're friends. Probably. Or bitter rivals. Maybe so. Well, thanks a lot, Kim. We appreciate the email. If you want to get in touch with us and clarify some random thing we tossed out there, we love that kind of stuff. You can tweet to us at SYSK podcast. You can join us on facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. You can send us an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our luxurious home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.